Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. y'all you're listening to the funky farm girl podcast episode 28 preserving apples i'm so glad to have you back this week let's start off this episode like we do every episode and give you an update on our homestead this past weekend we had our first major uh, event at our homestead my husband and i renewed our vows for our 25th anniversary And we had a good crowd between 50 and 60 people who came and saw our homestead, some for the first time. And it was just wonderful to see how we can use the space that we have to host larger events. And so I'm really excited to see what we're going to be able to do with our property later on down the road when it comes to events and things like that this week my goal is to begin getting the garden ready for winter Uh, if you recall we had an episode about that not too long ago I'll put that in the show notes for you and I'm just beginning to pull plants and feed those plants back to the chickens and I'm going to put some straw down over my garden maybe add some compost first and just get everything all settled in for winter we have our first frost date coming up here in the next two weeks so i really want to get all that buttoned up and i'm also going to be planting my bulbs in the next week or so so now that we've gotten us updated on the homestead let's get into today's episode So this week we're talking about preserving the apple harvest. And as we do every week, the first thing I really want to talk about is why. Why would we care about preserving the apple harvest? And the main reason for me and my family is, one, buying food in season is always cheaper than buying food out of season. So if you buy lots and lots of it when it's in season and can preserve it so that you can enjoy it when it's out of season, then that's a lot more economical way to buy groceries. And it also helps you to practice several different ways of preserving foods and building up your homesteading skills in the areas of food preservation. So... Let's say that you want to go and get some apples. Where can you go and get them? First of all, um, in our area, we have several U-Pick orchards that are about an hour, hour and a half away from our house. You may or may not have that where you live. We happen to be close to 
the North Carolina mountains, and so there are several places that we can go for that. Sometimes there's just a little orchard near you that you can go and you can pick your own, or they have bags or bushels of apples pre-picked that you can buy. You can also go to a local farmer's market or a local farm and buy apples from them. And if you don't have those things, you can always go to the store and buy the apples, one that are on sale. Maybe ask what their case pricing is on bags of apples and just buy a whole case and maybe get a better price even than the low in-season price. Uh, and then at a, one particular grocery store that we go to, they tend to have a section, a cart that rolls that they put produce on that is considered maybe subprime produce because it has a bruise or it's too big or too small or something like that. And they bag it all up and they, they sell it at a large discount. And so several times I have gone during this time of year and seen bags and bags and bags of apples on those carts uh, in my local grocery store. And I've been able to buy a lot of apples for very little money. So once you get the apples and you bring them home, what do you do with them? Now some of these apples will keep for a really, really long time in your refrigerator as snacking apples so if your family loves snacking apples just go ahead and make sure that you buy a variety that is good for snacking i'll make sure to put a link in the show notes to a guide of all the different types of apples so that you know what kinds are good for what uh, some apples are firm and maintain their shape when you cook them and so they're really good for things like pies and apple crisps and things like that. Other apples, when you start to cook them, they completely fall apart. So they're better for things like apple butter and applesauce if you're going to cook them. So let's get into what you can do with those apples besides snacking on them. Number one, the easy peasiest thing to do is to freeze them. And basically you're going to peel your apples and core them then slice them up and you're going to throw them into a water bath that is one cup of water with one tablespoon of lemon juice however much water you need so for every cup of water add a tablespoon of lemon juice and this will keep the apples from browning while you're working with them and also after you freeze them so throw them into that bowl of water while you're cutting them up and then when you get them all done lay them out on a tray freeze them on the tray and then bag them up in freezer bags and label them and put them in your freezer the reason you want to do them on the tray is so that they don't all stick to each other otherwise you're going to have a mass of apple slices all together now if you are bagging them by the measurement of your favorite apple pie recipe maybe you don't need to worry about the fact that they're all stuck together because you're going to thaw them all out together um, but if it's something that you may want to dig in and pull a few out for juicing or for smoothies or for whatever else um, you want to put them on the tray first and freeze them separately 
before you put them together. Now, the next easiest thing to do with your apples is to dry them. When you're drying apples, it's a personal preference whether or not you leave the skin on, but you will core your apple. So once you've got it cored, you're going to slice it into circles or wedges or whatever, um, thin slices. You're going to lay them out on a, on a baking sheet. If you're going to put them in the oven, you want them to put be in the oven at around 200 degrees and keep them in there for two to three hours. And then turn off the oven and leave them in there until they're completely cool. If you happen to have a dehydrator, you can also use that. Um, in a dehydrator, you're going to set it to 135 degrees. And if you just want kind of chewy, pliable, dried apple slices, those can be five to six hours to get to that state. If you want them crisp like apple chips, those need to be in there more like 12 hours to get to that stage. Now, dried apples are good for a lot of different things. You can use them in trail mix. You can dry them to the point of being crisp and have apple chips. Uh, you could even add some cinnamon or some, some other seasonings to them before you dry them so that they have a little bit more flavor. You can chop them up and add them to oatmeal or to baked goods or to cereals, muffins, anything like that that you enjoy. Maybe even yogurt or on top of pancakes or waffles or something like that. So dried apples are really, really versatile. You can use them for a lot of things and they're super easy to do. And so that is the best thing you can do with them. Now, if we're going in order of things to do from the easiest to the more difficult and involved, then the next thing to do would be applesauce and apple butter. Now for applesauce and apple butter, quite simply, the, the peel is a preference. Again, I leave it on because it's one less step unless my girls need practice with their peeling and want to sit there and peel those apples. Then I will allow them to, to practice with those apples and peel them. Um, or you can save time and leave them on there because you're going to cook them and cook them and cook them and cook them and those will break down and then they'll be pulsed and, and blended and so they won't be near as noticeable as they would in something like pie filling. So for applesauce and apple butter, we start the same way. You basically want to fill your crock pot mounded high like you can't put the lid on it well with the apples. You can also, to your taste, add cinnamon, nutmeg, a little bit of ground ginger, or clove, or allspice. All of those pair really well with your apples. If you're making apple butter, you're going to want to make sure that you add the clove and the allspice and the 
and the um, nutmeg to give it the darker flavor, the darker color, and it have a little bit more depth of flavor. But for both of those, you're going to want to put maybe a cup of water, not a lot, but just enough that they're not drying out and sticking to the bottom. And you're going to want to put the lid on that. And I cook them for quite a long time. If I'm making applesauce, I'll start it first thing in the morning and I will cook it all day long. And then right before bedtime, it's done. Um, sometimes I can get it done a little earlier if I'm coaxing it and I turn it up high, but I really like to do it low and slow. For apple butter, I let it go for at least 24 hours. You're going to keep cooking it until it's, it's evaporating the water that, that you've added in the moisture from the apples so that when you pick it up, put a spoon in there and pick up the spoon and hold the spoon it kind of sticks to the spoon and doesn't immediately just slide off and plop down that's how I know when my apple butter is done now for both of these they're very easy to just go ahead and put in a jar and keep that jar in the refrigerator and for the most part you tend to only make enough for maybe a couple meals or maybe you make one or two small jars of apple butter and you have one for you and one to give to a friend if however you have a whole bunch of apples and you're doing several crock pots or several pots full and you have lots and lots to give away um, or store then you're going to want to can those so you're going to want to put those into pint jars or half pint jars um, and you're going to want to water bath can those for 20 minutes. And that canning time starts when the water begins to boil. Now I'll leave a link in the show notes to the basics of water bath canning in case you've never done it before. But it's a very good beginner homestead activity to learn and skill to acquire. So I really recommend that you try it out and see what you think it may be something that you begin with the apples now and then in the spring when the berries and things like that come up you're able to make some jam or maybe some pickles Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do you can even preserve tomatoes with water bath canning as long as you make sure that the acidity level is right so Maybe this is the year that you try out water bath canning and you can baby step into it by making applesauce and apple butter. Going up in difficulty level, the next thing to make would be cubed apples. Cubed apples would need to be peeled and they would need to be put into a jar and packed um, what they call a, a raw pack where you're not going to cook the apples prior, you're going to put them raw into the jars and you're going to pack them in as tightly as you can up to the shoulder of the jar. And then you're going to fill it with either an apple juice or a simple syrup. Um, And that helps to keep the apples from turning colors. Again, as I'm cubing those, I will put them in that 
lemon juice and water bath until I'm ready to use them in the jars. And once I know I'm ready to put them in the jars, then I go ahead and pull them out of that water and pack them in the jars. And then I use apple juice because it's super simple. It makes it a lot easier for me to do and it takes out the step of making a simple syrup. Those also can be water bath canned in pint jars for 20 minutes. Now, one of the last and more difficult things that you can do with your apples is making apple pie filling. Apple pie filling starts out the same as the others where you need to prepare your apples by peeling them, by cutting them into slices, and putting them into the lemon juice and water mixture. But then you're going to make the the rest of the filling mix which is going to consist of spices and clear gel. Now this is one point that is very important when it comes to canning pie filling. If you are going to take this pie filling and put it into Ziploc freezer bags and pre-measure it according to what would be needed in a pie. You can absolutely do that. And most of those recipes are gonna tell you to use cornstarch. And for freezing applications, that is perfectly fine. It's a great way to do it. However, if you are going to can your apple pie filling, then you must use clear gel instead of cornstarch. There's a different chemical reaction that takes place during the canning process that makes the cornstarch unsafe for canning. And so you would need to use the clear gel instead. And really you can do this with just about any pie filling recipe that you have um, for apple pie. Just make sure that if you're doing the freezer, you can use the cornstarch as directed and if you're doing it for water bath canning, you need to use the clear gel instead. And again, apple pie filling goes into pint jars and is water bath canned for 20 minutes. Now, when you're done with all of those apples, you're going to have a big pile of scraps. You're going to have a big pile of apple cores and peels. And you can do one of two things. First of all, if you're ambitious, you can make apple peel jelly. Apples tend to have a lot of natural pectin in them, and some people have had great success with making jelly from the apple peels and cores. I have not been one of those people that have been able to be successful with that. But uh, you might be luckier than I am, and you might be able to do that. So... Do some investigating, find a recipe for apple peel jelly, and take a, tr take a try. See if you can make it, um, and then do the water bath canning. Again, it's going to be water bath for 15 to 20 minutes. I think jelly tends to be more around 15 minutes. Um, or, if you're not that ambitious... Then you can take those apple peels and cores and ferment your own apple cider vinegar. This is way easier than it sounds 
I put the put off doing this for a while because I thought that it would be more complicated than it was. And it was really, really so simple that I could not believe that I waited so long to do it. So I really, really encourage you to do this. What you're going to do is you're going to want to take a, a jar and you're going to want to put in the peels and cores that you have used um, in your cooking. Um it doesn't take a lot, just whatever you have, divide it out into jars so that they're about half full of the peels and cores. And then into those jars, you're going to want to add water with a honey mixture. You're going to use one tablespoon of honey per one cup of water and fill those jars up. After that, you're going to want to cover it with a breathable type lid. This could be a cloth napkin, a piece of cheesecloth. It could be a coffee filter and then just use the, the ring from the canning jar to hold it into place. And then put that away into a cabinet somewhere dark and cool for a week. Uh, I wrote the date on mine with a glass marker and then when it was time, I took it out you strain out the pieces of the apple and collect the juice that is in the jar. And then you take that juice, you put it back in the jar, you cover it again as you did before and put it back into the cabinet for another week and then it's ready to be used. This will give you the apple cider vinegar with the mother that is so expensive in the store compared to regular apple cider vinegar and it's great quality it's naturally fermented and you made it yourself so we have lots and lots of options for all the different things that we can do with apples this fall so let's go to instagram and talk about what you're making with apples also want to invite you to join me in my review challenge. I have set a goal to have 500 reviews on Apple iTunes and I would love it if your review could be one of them. If you could please go to Apple podcast app, click the search bar and type in the funky farm girl. If you're already there, you can scroll down to the bottom and click reviews and then find where it says write a review click that and I would love it if you could leave me a raving review and five stars then give yourself a pat on the back and say thanks friend I really appreciate your help with that next week we'll be talking about the importance of community for homesteaders so stay tuned thanks for stopping by y'all if you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted. Mm -hmm.